This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. You have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus. And in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, A time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And so when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just be with us this morning. I pray, God, that this morning we will not walk out this place the same way we walked in, but Lord, that we are closer to you, and Lord, that you have made us aware your greatness and your grandness, and Lord, and and I pray, God, that would draw ourselves to you even more so. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us this Christmas season to never miss you, to not get caught up in all the excitement of celebrating Christmas, that we actually miss Christmas. We say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, I just kept thinking about how easy it is to miss Christmas. If you were here a few weeks ago, you knew that we talked about the men who miss, or the people that miss Christmas. And last week was a challenging word for all of us. That uh, King Herod, we know in in Matthew, talks about how he wanted to, uh, quote, unquote, worship Jesus. uh, But we know that he didn't. Uh, King Herod was a vicious and ferocious, uh, evil king, and he was insecure. And the challenge for us as a church is that we would not follow the spirit of Herod to be that insecure person, but that we would follow the ways of the shepherds and go to worship Jesus. It's so easy, uh, and you're thinking to yourself and myself, I thought, Lord, I don't want to be that kind of person that is fearful of your kingship like Herod was. He was afraid that somebody was going to take his throne, that somebody was going to rule over him. 
And that is the challenge for us today. We live in a culture that is, keeps telling us that you rule your own life. Do what is right in your own eyes. You need to be happy. And that's why as believers we say, Lord, your will be done, not my will be done. Your will be done, not my will be done. You know, if we're going we're gonna to bow our knee to the king of happiness, I found myself early on in marriage that uh, my wife and I had two different uh, views of how to get to a destination. She wanted to go one way and I wanted to go the other way. And, uh, you know, and I knew that if I were to go my way, it would make me happy. But if I went my way, then it would make her unhappy and vice versa. And so we've had to learn uh, to say, Lord, your will be done. So we trusted the GPS. And so, which was shockingly very similar to my direction. I'm just kidding. There was a couple of times I thought for sure I knew the fastest route. And uh, still to this day, my wife and I, we, I'll go down Monroe, up Monroe to my house and she'll go up Meridian and it's, it's a race to see who's right. But we try to make sure that Jesus is Lord of our lives after a spat or two. So. But King Herod struggled with letting somebody else be king. And isn't that our struggle today? To let someone else be king of our own lives? To, to rule over our finances, to rule over our time, to rule over every aspect of our lives. I'm not into cheesy uh, church marquee signs, but you know, um, I saw one, I think it says something like, God doesn't want weekend privileges. He wants total, total privilege of being the parent of your life. He wants to be the king of our lives. And so as we read here, the question really for all of us is, what is Christmas? What is it all about? A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about the Grinch that stole Christmas. Just a little bit, we talked about how that little cartoon talked about what Christmas is not. He figured out real quickly at the end, the Grinch, that Christmas is not about boxes and, and wrappings and, and gifts, because he stole all that and people still celebrated Christmas. But it never told us about Christmas. And then, you know, the other cartoon that we, we like is the Rudolph. We learned about a little bit that what Christmas might be like, where there are no misfits in the kingdom, that we're all welcome in God's family. But then we talked about the people that might have missed Christmas, like the innkeeper, who might have been too busy making a living to recognize who Jesus was, that he had to fill the room so he can make the money that he needed to live life. Little did he know that life truly was right in front of him. We talk, you know, I've talked to some people in our church leadership, and we talk about finding rest. People think that you'll find rest by sleeping in on Sunday when you truly find rest and peace when you come to worship Jesus. And Jesus is the giver of life. He's the giver of peace. He's the one that gives us hope. Getting a few more hours or minutes of sleep doesn't do that. Now, for me, I like to sleep a little early and wake up early. Um, for me, it's, I need seven hours. Anything past that, I'm stealing from God. That's how I was raised. 
One of the hardest parts when we had a frat house was to come in on a Saturday and see some of these, these kids still sleeping in 10, 11 o'clock. I'm like, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, not to throw a bucket of water on them. But what is Christmas? Well, I'd like to explain Christmas in three easy words. I'll try my best. The scriptures already told us those words. And we sang about these words this morning. I did not uh, talk to Bryce about my sermon, what we're going to talk about, but it's very interesting that the songs we sang uh, have these words that will explain Christmas. And not only will it explain Christmas, it will explain our, our understanding of who Jesus is and why we are here. Three words. It's found in the scripture we just read. And the angel of the Lord, angel talked about Jesus, who is the Christ, who is the Lord, and who is also our Savior. The first word is the Christ. Mason, I don't have the other. Perfect. Thank you. The word the Christ or Christ is is not a name. It's not Jesus' last name. It's not a curse word. It's a title, the Christ. It means the Messiah. So we sang this morning about the Messiah. The Messiah is Greek for the, the Greek word for Christ, the Hebrew word Christ. And, it, and the word Messiah means the one who is anointed. Someone who would come to be God's messenger to lead his people. And the Israelites and the Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah. Someone to come, a Christ, to come and lead their people. We're not talking about a, you know, finding a, a, a five-star quarterback to lead the team because you can find multiple quarterbacks to lead your team. But we're talking about the Christ, the one that will lead us out and be the one who is anointed, who will rise up and bring liberation, a Messiah. The second word is Lord. We don't need to explain too much about the word Lord, but it comes from Exodus chapter 3. If you know your Bible in the Old Testament, you know that it talks about Moses and the burning bush. And Moses has this experience at the burning bush, and he wants to ask a few questions and, and get an, ans an answer from his questions. And so the, as we read the scripture, if you, could, if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 3, you don't have to read it now, but just look over it. God talks to Moses and says to Moses, I am who I am, Exodus 3.14. And when he's to go back to Pharaohs, he's to say, this is what you are to say, I am who sent me to you, or the, the captive Israelites. I am is considered one of the most holiest words you could find in the Hebrew text, in the whole of Bible. So the, the, those who transcribe the scriptures would not actually write it. It was so holy, you couldn't say it, let alone write it. So they, they would write it a little differently, Y-H-W-H. -H. And so we say the word Yahweh. 
And sometimes in his, as, the, as language changed, we use the word Adonai. God is saying, my name is Yahweh, which means I am. And that's too holy for the Jewish people to say, so they came up with these, these substitutes, as I said, and, and the word Adonai comes up, and you'll find in the scriptures. It's a Hebrew word for Lord. And as times changed and the Greek language became the more common in commerce language, we see that the word kairos or kairos comes into play. But it all means the same thing. I am who I am. Very holy word. So when the angels came and proclaimed, as we read earlier on, And the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in this town of David, a Savior has been born. To you, he is the Christ, the Messiah. He is Adonai, the Lord. And the third word is Savior. This is the one that we talked about last week is the tough one to tackle. Now, most people understand the word saving because we've all needed saving from time to time. I'm not sure which of my boys, but they fell in the pool and somebody saved them. A nephew saved them. Maybe you've... You know, someone saved you from um, oversleeping and, and woke you up and were able to get you on track. So there's all situations that people are saved from. But most people don't think they need saving. Well, Jesus is Lord, I get that. He's the Messiah, I get that. But, and I can see some people need savings. I don't know if I need a saving. That's the hard part in our culture. And if we're not careful here, even in our church. Because typically we compare, don't we? That's one of the biggest challenges that we all have. We compare. Well, we think we're not as bad as that person. That's what I love about the Beatitudes and... You know, one of these days we'll probably re- revisit the Beatitudes again, but it really sets the pattern correctly for our lives. And if we don't get that right, we start comparing and we say, well, I'm not as bad as so and so. In my uh, carnal stage in, in college my, at Western Carolina, I used to want to find professors that would grade on the curve. Anybody else with me? Yeah. I think we have a picture of the curve here. We think that there's some kind of cosmic curve. And as long as you're not on the far left or the bottom F grade, that you're going to be kind of like passed into the next level. So we always compare that really the person that needs saving is that person, my neighbor, my coworker. I'm not as bad as they are. And that's the tough part. The three easy words of Christmas are easy to say, easy to read, but not necessarily easy to live out. 
Because most people don't think they need saving. What are we being saved from? You know, we live on a certain, you're, you, we all have a certain system that we live by. And even then, we're not even living up to our own system. Again, we like to say that other person really needs. On Sunday mornings, this is how you know you could be falling prey to this. And on a Sunday morning, the message would come and you're thinking, I hope the next person is listening to me. I hope my husband's listening. I hope my wife's listening. I hope my mother-in-law's listening. I'm just kidding. I just had to throw that in. But we never think that I need to be listening. I don't have enormous sins in my life. I haven't failed in my life. They have. That just goes against the grain of blessed are the poor in spirit. In Romans 3.23, it says that all have sinned and all fall short of God's glory. And that's why we need a savior. That's why Jesus was born. I need a savior. One of the hardest words that we can say during Christmas, I need a savior. I need Jesus. Jesus is the gift. That's why we give gifts at Christmas. Jesus is the gift that was given for us. A savior was born in a manger as we read. And why did he come? Because we needed one. We needed one. One of the challenges as a pastor is I've gone around and I've talked to thousands of people is that people have a hard time saying to themselves, I need a savior. Because they always try to match their own life. Well, I didn't do this wrong and I didn't do that wrong. I didn't do this wrong. Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, I always wonder, sometimes I'll, I'll put my hand under the pew and I'll, on one of these pews, there's a piece of gum. And it makes me laugh every time. Because I'm wondering if that person thinks the worst thing they've ever done in their life is put gum under their pew chair. But the Bible says all of us have sinned. So for that little kid, that little boy, that little girl, and the worst thing they've done in their lives, in their minds, is put gum under the pew, they are in need of a savior. Mario, you've been around my life long enough and you hear me share glimpses of my previous life before Christ. Desperately needed Jesus. You'll hear from me from time to time about how Jesus had a dumpster dive to find me. I was in literally, and I can picture a dumpster filled with trash and water, just terrible water, nasty water. And Jesus dumpster dives and he finds me because I was drowning in misery of my own selfishness. So we need Jesus is our savior. And that's why he's good news. That's why the good news, I bring to you good news. That Jesus is born. The three words again are, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Lord, and Jesus our Savior. 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men. This morning I want to talk to you about where are you with Jesus this morning? We're not talking about do you go to church every week? We're not saying are you part of the Christian culture? Are you aware that you need a savior, that I need a savior? That's number one. The second thing I think we should think about is how can we give back? If you've given your life to the Lord and God has come as an example, has given his gift of his own life, he set the example for us. How can we give back? And that's the thing about Christians in, 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 at Mosaic Church. We want to know how can we give back? And the best gift we can give back to the Lord is what? Think about it. Is our own lives that we would bow our knees and say, Lord, thank you for, for loving me. Thank you for sending a babe in a manger who grew up to, to be a man who, who died on the cross. Thank you, Lord. You deserve my best. You deserve my whole life. Not part of my life, my whole life. And Lord, I have nothing to offer except my life, and I extend my hand and and I ask, Lord, for mercy and grace. And so this Christmas season, the three words would help us to remind us to focus on what is, what is true. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Lord, and Jesus our Savior. And the best thing we can do this Christmas season is to give back to him our life. If we want to really celebrate Christmas, is to give, us, give our lives back to him and rededicate our lives and say, Lord, on this Christmas birthday, I want to give you a gift of my own life. I'm going to ask everybody's head bowed, eyes closed. And I want to ask you a question and I want you to think about it. Have you given your whole life to Jesus? Have you given your whole life to Jesus? Or just partials? Just part of your life has been given over. And Jesus wants your whole life. He is the Christ, the Messiah. He is the Lord. Our Adonai. He is our Savior. So this Christmas season, I just want everybody to just close their eyes, uh, bow their heads just for a moment. I'm just going to ask you, just with the raising of your hand, just say, Pastor Mario, I want to join you, because I'm raising my hand already, and say, I, I want to just rededicate my life, that I'm going to give my whole life to Jesus, not just parts, especially as we enter into 2020. Just raise your hand real quick. You can put it down. Amen. Me too. I'm raising my hands. The Lord has spoken to me that there's areas of my life that I thought I turned over, but I haven't. Put your hands down. Lord, we say thank you for this Christmas season. Lord, help us to, to know those three words that one day that we'll soon, whether it's at, at a family meal or a, a work gathering, Lord, if somebody asks us what Christmas is, we can remember those three things. 
the Christ, the Lord, and our Savior. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.